Book One, Chapter Eight of the World's Desire. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rick Vina. The World's Desire by H. Ryder Haggard. Book One, Chapter Eight. The Ka, the Bai, and the Ko. The divine pharaoh Ramses died and was gathered to Osiris. With these hands I closed his coffin and set him in his splendid tomb, where he shall rest unharmed for ever till the day of the awakening. And Meriamun and Meneptah reigned in Chem, but to Pharaoh she was very cold though he did her will in everything, and they had but one child, so that in a while he wearied of her loveliness. But hers was the master mind, and she ruled Pharaoh as she ruled all else. For me my lot was bettered. She talked much with me, and advanced me to great dignity, so that I was the first master builder in Chem, and commander of the Legion of Amen. Now it chanced that Meriamun made a feast, where she entertained Pharaoh, and Hataska sat beside him. She was the first lady about the queen's person, a beautiful but insolent woman, who had gained pharaoh's favor for the hour now wine worked so with the king that he toyed openly with the lady hataska's hand but meriamun the queen took no note though hataska who had also drunk of the warm wine of the lower land grew insolent as was her wont she quaffed deep from her cup of gold, and bade a slave bear it to the queen, crying, Pledge me, my sister. The meaning of her message was plain to all who heard. This waiting lady openly declared herself wife to Pharaoh, and an equal of the queen. Now Meriamun cared nothing for Pharaoh's love but for power she did care, and she frowned, while a light shone in her dark eyes. Yet she took the cup and touched it with her lips. Presently she lifted her own cup in turn and toyed with it, then made pretense to drink, and said softly to the king's paramour, who had pledged her, Pledge me in answer, Hataska, my servant, for soon, methinks, thou shalt be greater than the queen. Now this foolish woman read her saying wrong, and took the golden cup from the eunuch who bore it. With a little nod to the queen, and a wave of her slim hand 
Hataska drank, and instantly, with a great cry, she fell dead across the board. Then, while all the company sat in terror, neither daring to be silent nor to speak, and while Meriamun smiled scornfully on the dark head lying low among the roses on the board, Pharaoh leaped up, mad with wrath, and called to the guards to seize the queen. But she waved them back, and speaking in a slow, cold voice, she said, Dare not to touch Kem's anointed queen, lest your fate be as her fate. For thee, Minepta, forget not thy marriage oath. What, am I queen, and shall thy wantons throw their insolence in my teeth, and name me their sister? Not so, for if my eyes be blind, yet my ears are open. Peace, she is rightly served. Choose thou a lowlier mistress. And Pharaoh made no answer, for he feared her with an ever-growing fear. But she, sinking back in her seat of state, played with the gold kephir on her breast, and watched them bear the body forth to the house of Osiris. One by one all the company made obeisance, and passed thence, glad to be gone, till at the last there were left only Pharaoh and Meriamun the queen, and myself, Ray the priest, for all were much afraid. Then Pharaoh spoke, looking neither at her nor at me, and half in fear, half in anger. Thou hateful woman, accursed be the day when first I looked upon thy beauty. Thou hast conquered me, but beware, for I am still Pharaoh and thy lord. Cross my purpose once again, and by him who sleeps at Philae, I will discrown thee, and give thy body to the tormentors, and set thy soul loose to follow her whom thou hast slain. Then Meriamun answered proudly, Pharaoh, be warned, lift but one finger against my majesty, and thou art doomed. Thou canst not slay me, but I can overmatch thee, and I swear by the same oath, by him who sleeps at Philae, lift a hand against me, I harbor one thought of treachery, and thou diest. Not lightly can I be deceived, for I have messengers that thou canst not hear. Something, royal Minepta, do I know of the magic of that queen Taya who was before me. Now listen, do this one thing, and all shall be well. Go on thy path, 
and leave me to follow mine. Queen I am, queen I will remain, and in all matters of the state, mine must be an equal voice, though it is thine that speaks. And for the rest, we are apart henceforth, for thou fearest me, and Menepta, I love not thee, nor any man. As thou hast spoken, so be it, quoth Pharaoh, for his heart sank, and his fear came back upon him. Evil was the day when first we met, and this is the price of my desire. Henceforth we are apart in bed and board, but in the council we are still one, for our ends are one. I know thy power, Miriamun, thou gifted of the evil gods. Thou needest not fear that I shall seek to slay thee, for a spear cast against the heavens returns on him who threw it. Ray, my servant, thou art witness to our oaths. Hear now their undoing. Meriamun, the queen of ancient Chem, thou art no more wife of mine. Farewell. And he went heavily and stricken with fear. Nay, she said, gazing after him, no more am I Menepta's wife, but still am I Chem's dreaded queen. O oh, thou old priest, I am aweary. See what a lot is mine, who have all things but love, and yet am sick of all. I longed for power, and power is mine. And what is power? It is a rod wherewith we beat the air that straightway closes on the stroke. Yes, I tire of my loveless days, and of this dull round of common things. Oh, for one hour of love, and in that hour to die! Oh, that the future would lift its veil and disclose the face of time to be! Say, Ray, wilt thou be bold and dare a deed? And she clasped me by the sleeve, and whispered in my ear, in the dead tongue, known to her and me. Her I slew, thou sawest. I, queen, I saw. What of her? Twas ill done. Nay, twas rightly done, and well done. But thou knowest she is not yet cold, nor for a while will be. And I have the art to drag her spirit back ere she be cold from where she is, and to force knowledge from her lips. For being an Osiris, all the future is open to her in this hour. Nay, nay, I cried, it is unholy. Not lightly may we disturb the dead, lest the guardian gods be moved to anger. Yet will I do it, Ray, 
if thou dost fear, come not, but I go. I am fain for knowledge, and thus only may I win it. If I die in the dread endeavour, write this of Meriamun the queen, that in seeking the to-be she found it. Nay, royal lady, I answered, thou shalt not go alone. I too have some skill in magic, and perchance can ward evil from thee. So, if indeed thou wilt dare this dreadful thing, behold now, as ever, I am thy servant. It is well. See now, the body will this night be laid in the sanctuary of the temple of Osiris that is near the great gates, as is the custom, to await the coming of the embalmers. Come, ere she be colder than my heart, come with me, Ray, to the house of the Lord of the Dead. She passed to her chamber, wrapped herself about in a dark robe, and hurried with me to the temple doors, where we were challenged by the guards. Who passes, in the name of the holy Osiris, speak? Ray, the master builder, and the anointed priest, and with him another, I made answer. Open. Nay, I open not. There is one within who may not be wakened. Who then is within? She whom the queen slew. The queen sends one who would look on her she slew. Then the priest gazed on the hooded form beside me, and started back, crying, A token, noble ray. I held up the royal signet, and bowing, he opened. Being come within the temple, I lit the tapers that had been prepared. Then, by their feeble light, we passed through the outer hall, till we came to the curtains that veil the sanctuary of the holy place, and here I quenched the tapers, for no fire must enter there, save that which burns upon the altar of the dead. But through the curtains came rays of light. Open, said Meriamun, and I opened, and hand in hand we passed in. On the altar that is in the place, the flame burnt brightly. The chamber is not wide and great, for this is the smallest of the temples of Tanis, but yet so large that the light could not reach its walls, nor pierce the overhanging gloom, and by much gazing scarcely could we discover the outline of the graven shapes of the holy gods that are upon the walls. But the light fell clear upon the great statue of the Osiris that was seated behind the altar, fashioned in the black stone of Cyan, wound about with the corpse-cloths, wearing on his head the crown of the upper land, 
and holding in his hands the crook of divinity and the awful scourge of punishment the light shone all about the white and dreadful shape that was placed upon his holy knees the naked shape of lost hataska who this night had died at the hand of meriamun there she bowed her head against the sacred breast her long hair streaming down on either side her arms tied across her heart and her eyes whence the hues of life had scarcely faded widely staring at the darkness of the shrine for at tanis to this day it is the custom for a knight to place those of high birth or office who die suddenly upon the knees of the statue of osiris see i said to the queen speaking low for the weight of the haunted place sank into my heart see how she who scarce an hour ago was but a lovely wanton hath by thine act been clad in majesty greater than all the glory of the earth bethink thee wilt thou dare indeed to summon back the spirit to the body whence thou hast set it free not easily o queen may it be done for all thy magic and if perchance she answereth thee it may well be that the terror of her words shall utterly o'erwhelm us nay she made answer i am instructed i fear not i know by what name to call the co that hovers on the threshold of the double hall of truth and how to send it back to its own place i fear not but if perchance thou fearest ray depart hence and leave me to the task alone nay i said i also am instructed and i go not but i say to thee that this is unholy then meriamun spoke no more but lifting up her hands she held them heavenwards and so for a while she stood her face fixed as was the face of dead hataska then as must be done i drew the circle round us and round the altar and the statue of osiris and that which sat upon his knee with my staff i drew it and standing therein i said the holy words which should ward away the evil things that come near in such an hour now meriamun threw a certain powder into the flame upon the altar thrice she threw the powder and as she threw it a ball of flame rose from the altar and floated away each time that she threw did the ball of fire rise and this it was needful to do for by fire only 
may the dead be manifest and therefore was a globe of fire given to each of the three shapes that together make the threefold spirit of the dead and when the three globes of fire had melted into air passing over the head of the statue of osiris thrice did meriamun cry aloud hataska 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 by the dreadful name i summon thee i summon thee from the threshold of the double hall i summon thee from the gates of judgment i summon thee from the door of doom by the link of life and death that is between thee and me i bid thee come from where thou art and make answer to that which i shall ask of thee she ceased but no answer came still the cold osiris smiled and still the body on his knee sat with open eyes gazing into nothingness not thus easily i whispered may this dreadful thing be done thou art instructed in the word of fear if thou darest let it pass thy lips or let us be gone nay it shall be spoken she said and thus she wrought passing to the statue she hid her head within her cloak and with both hands grasped the feet of the slain hataska seeing this i also crouched upon the floor and hid my face for it is death to hear that word with an uncovered face then in so soft a whisper that scarce had its breath stirred a feather on her lips meriamun spoke the word of fear which may not be written whose sound has power to pass all space and open the ears of the dead who dwell in amenti softly she said it for in a shout of thunder it was caught up and echoed from her lips and down the eternal halls it seemed to rush on the feet of storm and the wings of wind so that the roof rocked and the deep foundations of the temple quivered like a wind-stirred tree unveil ye mortals cried a dreadful voice and look upon the sight of fear that ye have dared to summon and i rose and cast my cloak from about my face and gazed then sank down in terror for round about the circle that i had drawn pressed all the multitude of the dead countless as the desert sands they pressed gazing with awful eyes upon us twain and the fire that was on the altar died away but yet was there light for it shone from those dead eyes and in the eyes of lost hataska there was light 
and ever the faces changed never for one beat of time did they cease to change for as we gazed upon a face it would melt even to the eyes and round these same eyes again would gather but no more the same and like the sloping sides of pyramids were the faces set about us from the ground to the temple roof and on us were fixed their glowing eyes and i ray being instructed knew that to suffer myself to be overcome with terror was death as it was death to pass without the circle so in my heart i called upon osiris lord of the dead to protect us and even as i named the ineffable name lo all the thousand thousand faces bent themselves in adoration and then turning looked each upon the other even as though each spake to each and changed and swiftly changed meriamun i said gathering up my strength fear not but beware nay wherefore should i fear she answered because the veil of sense is torn and for an hour we see those who are ever about our path and whose eyes watch our most secret thought continually i fear not and she stepped boldly even to the edge of the circle and cried all hail ye sahus spirits of the awful dead among whom i also shall be numbered and as she came the changing faces shrunk away leaving a space before her and in the space there grew two arms mighty and black that stretched themselves towards her until there was not the length of three grains of wheat betwixt the clutching fingers and her breast but meriamun only laughed and drew back a space not so thou enemy she said this circle thou mayst not break it is too strong for thee but to the work hataska once again by the link of life and death i summon thee and this time thou must come thou who wast a wanton and now art greater than the queen and as she spoke from the dead form of the woman on osiris's knee there issued forth another form and stood before us as a snake issues from its slough and as was the dead hataska so was this form feature for feature look for look and limb for limb but still the corpse rested upon osiris's knee for this was but the ka that stood before us and thus spoke the voice of hataska in the lips of the ka 
what wouldst thou with me who am no more of thy company o thou by whose hand my body did perish why troublest thou me and meriamun made answer i would this of thee that thou shouldest declare unto me the future even in the presence of this great company speak i command thee and the ka said nay meriamun that i cannot do for i am but the ka the dweller in the tomb the guardian of what was hataska whom thou didst slay whom i must watch through all the days of death till resurrection is of the future i know not seek thou that which knows stand thou on one side quoth the queen and the dweller in the tomb obeyed then once more she called upon hataska and there came a sound of rushing wings and behold on the head of the statue of osiris sat a great bird feathered as it were with gold but the bird had the head of a woman and the face was fashioned as the face of hataska and thus it spoke that was the by what wouldst thou with me meriamun who am no more of thy company why dost thou draw me from the underworld thou by whose hand my body did perish and meriamun said this i would of thee that thou shouldest declare unto me the future speak i command thee and the bai said nay meriamun that i cannot do i am but the bai of her who was hataska and i fly from death to life and life to death till the hour of awakening is of the future i know not seek thou that which knows rest thou where thou art quoth the queen and there it rested awful to see then once more meriamun called upon hataska bidding her hear the summons where she was and behold the eyes of the dead one that was upon the knee of osiris glowed and glowed the eyes of the dweller in the tomb and of the winged messenger who sat above and then there was a sound as the sound of wind and from above cleaving the darkness descended a tongue of flame and rested on the brow of the dead hataska and the eyes of all the thousand thousand spirits turned and gazed upon the tongue of flame and then dead hataska spoke though her lips moved not yet she spoke and this she said what wouldst thou with me meriamun who am no more of thy company why dost thou dare to trouble me thou 
by whose hand my body did perish, drawing me from the threshold of the double hall of truth back to the over-world. And Meriamun the queen said, O thou Co, for this purpose have I called thee. I am aweary of my days, and I fain would learn the future. The future fain would I learn, but the forked tongue of that which sleeps tells me no word, and the lips of that which is a cold are dumb. Tell me then, thou, I charge thee by the word that has power to open the lips of the dead, thou who in all things art instructed, what shall be the burden of my days? And the dread Co made answer, Love shall be the burden of thy days, and death shall be the burden of thy love. Behold, one draws near from out the north whom thou hast loved, whom thou shalt love from life to life, till all things are accomplished. Bethink thee of a dream that thou dreamedst, as thou didst lie on Pharaoh's bed, and read its riddle. Meriamun, thou art great, and thy name is known upon the earth, and in Amenti is thy name known. High is thy fate, and through blood and sorrow shalt thou find it. I have spoken, let me hence. It is well, the queen made answer, but not yet mayest thou go hence. First I command thee, by the word of dread, and by the link of life and death, declare unto me, if here upon the earth and in this life I shall possess him whom I shall love. In sin and craft and sorrow, Meriamun, thou shalt possess him. In shame and jealous agony he shall be taken from thee by one who is stronger than thou. Though thou art strong, by one more beautiful than thou, though thou art beautiful, and ruin thou shalt give him for his guerdon, and ruin of the heart shalt thou harvest for thy portion. But for this time she shall escape thee, whose footsteps march with thine, and with his who shall be thine and hers. Nevertheless, in a day to come, thou shalt pay her back, measure for measure, and evil for evil. I have spoken, let me hence. Not yet, O Ko, not yet, I have still to learn. Show me the face of her who is mine enemy, and the face of him who is my love. Thrice mayest thou speak to me, O thou greatly daring, answered the dread Ko, and thrice I may make reply, and then farewell till I meet thee on the threshold of the hall whence thou hast drawn me. Look now on the face 
of that Hataska whom thou slewest. And we looked, and behold the face of dead Hataska changed, and changed the face of the double, the Ka that stood on one side, and the face of the great bird, the Bai, that spread his wings about the head of Osiris, and they grew beautiful, yes, most exceeding beautiful, so that it cannot be told, and the beauty was that of a woman asleep. Then, lo, there hung above Hataska, as it were, the shadow of one who was watching her sleeping, and his face we saw not. O oh, thou wanderer, it was hidden by the visor of a golden two-horned helm, and in that helm stood fast the bronze point of a broken spear. But he was clad in the armor of the people of the northern sea, the Aquayusha, and his hair fell dark about his shoulders like the petals of the hyacinth flower. Behold thine enemy, and behold thy love. Farewell, said the dread Ko, speaking through dead Hataska's lips, and as the words died, the beauty faded, and the tongue of flame shot upwards and was lost, and once more the eyes of the thousand thousand dead turned and looked upon each other, even as though their lips whispered, each to each. But for a while Meriamun stood silent, as one amazed. Then awaking, she waved her hand and cried, Begone, thou by, begone, thou ka. And the great bird whereof the face was as the face of Hataska, spread his golden wings and passed away to his own place and the ka that was in the semblance of hataska drew near to the dead one's knees and passed back into her from whom she came and all the thousand thousand faces melted though the fiery eyes still gazed upon us then Meriamun covered her head, and once more spoke the awful word, and I also covered up my head. But as must be done, this second time she called the word aloud, and yet, though she called it loud, it came but as a tiny whisper from her lips. Nevertheless, at the sound of it, once more, was the temple shaken as by a storm. Then Meriamun unveiled, and behold, again the fire burned upon the altar, and on the knees of the Osiris sat Hataska, cold and still in death, and round them was emptiness and silence. Now that all is done, I greatly fear for that which has been, and that which shall be. Lead me hence, O Ray, son of Pames, for I can no more.
and so with a heavy heart I led her forth, who of all sorceresses is the very greatest. Behold, thou wanderer, wherefore the queen was troubled at the coming of the man in the armor of the north, in whose two-horned golden helm stands fast the point of a broken spear. End of Book One Chapter 8